Nom nom nom. Motherfucker. Perfect start. Is it starting? And we're back. <laughs> Hello. Well, I'm back. You've been here the whole time. I've never left. I mean, you live here, so. That's true. You wouldn't have to leave. Yeah. For everybody out there, I'm always home. <laughs> which means don't try to murder me, because I'm ready. I never leave. Is that a thing? If you're a shut-in, you're just ready to be murdered all the time? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know this was a type. This was like a stereotype or a trope. Yeah, if you're a shut-in, you are 100% concerned you're going to get murdered. I'm not a shut-in, but I am also concerned I'm going to get murdered at all times. Mm, that's true. Why do you think you're going to get murdered? How do you... How, what? What What would be your ideal way? What would be Maybe my ideal way to get murdered? Maybe we shouldn't well, Just in case someone's listening and wants to murder us in that way. Yeah. We should definitely put it out there. <laughs> just to make sure our wishes are honored. I mean, yeah. I mean, I definitely don't want to be burned alive. I know mm -hmm. that one. Straight up. Yeah, that's a no for me, yeah. too. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I would like to be murdered purposefully. Like, no accidental shit. I don't mm -hmm. want manslaughter. I want someone to have planned and executed my murder, like, according to plan. Preferably he, after having planned for, like, decades. Absolutely. That sort of forethought and that mm -hmm. attention to detail. Mm -hmm. For me, I would love if they were getting back at an FBI agent or a police officer Ooh, through my murder. like, your girlfriend or something or, like, your... Yeah, yeah, well, and that there's like, ex yeah, and there's all these little signs and everything, and it says like, hello, doc, or not doctor, hello, <laughs> detective Parkins. Parkins? Is that your father slash girlfriend slash whoever it is that's responsible for you? Ah, uh, it's the dream person who, <laughs> well, my sister always wanted to be an FBI agent. Oh, really? Yeah, that was all, she loved she loved the concept of serial killers and stuff. I mean, like, who she doesn't? Loved studying it. Yeah. So she, it could shit. be, hello, Detective Jordan. Detective I don't know why they name. use the first name, but. <laughs> Detective Jordan. I got uncomfortable saying my sister's last name, it's even though it's my name. last name. <laughs> You're not even like me where my sister's last name is different from my last mm -hmm. name. You guys share, whatever. Um, but I think I'd like it to be sudden. I wouldn't like to know it's coming. Yeah. I'd like to just You don't want to be like toyed with. No, no, I don't want to be toyed with. I don't want the fear or the like impending doom feeling. I just want to be like maybe out in public and be like sniper shot through the head or something. Ooh. Dead suddenly without seeing it coming, but very public cuz I like being the center of attention. That's mm -hmm. my inner Libra. And um Oh. Oh, is this the first time we've mentioned astrology? I think it is. Oh, wow. This is about to become a, a thing. <laughs> this this is a bit that will return. <laughs> I'm a Libra. Yeah, and I'm uh, Aries Taurus. Oh, yes. And he is both of those. I'm, I, I like to say that I'm the worst of both. <laughs> I don't think you're the worst of both. You're mm -hmm. like the neutral of both. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the best is of either of those things. I don't know. Uh, it's What it is is... It's somebody who is constantly working on an Excel sheet and is also, like, being massaged. What? 
That's yeah. that's what an Aries Taurus is. That's well, that's like the ideal for a, an Aries Taurus. Um, I think yeah. we need some astrologers out there to uh, to confirm or deny this because I feel like that's false, but I don't know. If you son of a bitches say anything <laughs> against me, I will find you. Aries Taurus, everyone. I'm <laughs> I am living my best life. Okay, <laughs> don't. You're just digging yourself deeper into that Aries Taurus <laughs> hole. Damn. I I used to I used to fight against it and I think I finally 2019 is the year I own being an Aries Taurus. Okay, I'm down. I mean, yeah. I've been telling you this for like 2 years. I'm like, "God, you're such a Taurus. Oh, you're such an Aries." And, hey, and the Taurus in me just said, "No, I'm not." Yeah, the Taurus and you did say that. <laughs> the indie the indie child Taurus said no. The stubborn Taurus. I was wearing um a necklace I got from my subscription service that I will not name because they're not sponsoring us. Uh, but if they would like to. Reach out. Um, but I got a necklace in the mail that had some constellation on it. I don't know which one it is. And everyone last night uh, when I wore it kept asking me, oh, is that your sign? Is that your sign? What sign are you? Oh. Are you into astrology? And I was like, I, I am such a poser right now. I'm one of those... <laughs> Those terrible astrology posers who just pretends like they know anything about it. You really were, but man, I'd hate you more if you knew. I'm glad I didn't know that. <laughs> I, and and it, you know, neither is a good option, yep, but you went with yep. the better one. Uh, anyway, uh, I said we're back slash I'm back because I was traveling for a week, which is why we didn't record last week. We kind of recorded last week, but we only recorded about 15 minutes before I just gave up. (laughs) I, and right now I don't know if you, I believe you listeners heard at least a portion of that 15 minutes as a tack on to the last episode. A little addendum, a little PS. Yeah. And I, I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did being like, uh, are we doing? Are we doing? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <No>, okay. <laughs> I was fine. Like I was good to start it when we started it. I was like, yeah, I can do this. And I don't know about ten minutes into it, I realized I could not. Mm-hmm. It was my brain just shut down. I couldn't speak. I couldn't. I didn't have the ability to care about our conversation, and I definitely did not have the ability to come up with witty banter. So I just stopped talking. <laughs> yeah, and we got the wittiest banter. So you really got to be on the next level I re- for it. Is this witty? Is talking about astrology witty oh, oh it's clever it's clever as a woodpecker uh, uh <laughs> is simultaneous us clever very clever yikes I, I would i would like to commend you on knowing yourself well enough to dip out of it because this this it's how i'm gonna keep on this taurus thing i would have just kept going mm-hmm. and i would have been awful the entire time <laughs> And it would have been a terrible two hours. And we would have gotten to the end and been like, why? And I would have been like, because I had to. You totally would do that. And then you'd be angry afterward. I would. I'd be bitter and angry. You'd be so angry. You'd be like, I was just tired. Like, but we could have stopped. Anyway, for me, when I'm tired, I know I can't do anything in that moment but sleep. Mm-hmm. It's like my body just shuts down. I could have slept while we were recording if you had let me, if anyone had let me. But I wasn't about to. No, I mean, it was also like... 15 minutes in, I was like, okay, we're done. <laughs> also, nobody saw that because this is a podcast. Uh, it's no, fine. It was, it was terrific. Keep keep doing the hand signals. Just keep doing hand gestures and things that everyone listening cannot see. Yeah, it was the classic cut it 
hand across the neck. Thank you for explaining that. I thought, I, I thought everybody should rise to our level of wit. <laughs> I don't know if that's rising. It might be falling. <laughs> mm. Oh no! Now we're both chewing. Yeah. Oh. I took a I took a bite thinking that you would hold the conversation a little bit while I chewed on that. Nope. But. We're gonna take a chew break. I'm it's leaving that in. Noises. Everybody has to deal with it. Fuck. Um, oh, also, let everyone uh, know that we have... Let it, let it be known to everyone. That's a better way of putting that. That I have uh, made the switch to non-sparkling wine, so I will not be spending the entire podcast burping. What? Like, last I, weeks. I love that it took us so long yeah. to get to that point. We had to get through that entire, like, 12-pack I bought <laughs> of sparkling wine. You never know with a 12-pack how much you're dedicating yourself to. Especially if you put it aside saying, oh, we'll use this while we're podcasting. Mm-hmm. And then you just spend the entire episode burping up carbonation. Yeah. Disgusting. Anyway, down to business, maybe? Yeah, Starting we should probably get started. Talk about the thing that we came here to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I understand you're going first. Okay, sure. I mean, I... Yeah, I, I did, haven't gone first the last few times that we've recorded, so I guess this time it is my turn to do so. Did we say the name of the podcast? Uh, oh, God, no, we did not. <laughs> I just realized that. Wait, go ahead. Take us into the episode. Sorry, my boss is slacking me right now, so I'm responding. Oh, my Live Lord. on the podcast. Okay. All right, we're back. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a day job. Ugh. Ugh, the worst. The actual worst. Anyway, um, what was the question? Just to announce what podcast this is and start us off. Right. This it wasn't is... a question. <laughs> it was a it was a, a command. It was a demand of me. Mm-hmm. What if I refuse? What if I'm the Taurus? I am the Taurus now. <laughs> uh welcome to Jump Scare, the podcast. Woo! A podcast where we pitch each other ideas for horror movies. And then we talk through them, develop them, and come up with some great, scary ideas and give each other nightmares for the rest of our lives. That's what the podcast is. It's just I love it. That was <laughs> the best description of this podcast yet. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm really proud of myself. I feel like you're being sarcastic, but I'm going to choose I, to believe you're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes sometimes I come across as sarcastic when I'm, I'm re- really being pretty genuine. And so I'd like to just take this moment to acknowledge that I was being genuine. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, last week we talked about, was it mine? I think it was mine. Or last episode, whatever it was that it aired. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows when we're recording this and when you're hearing it. The last one we talked about was my internment camp, mm-hmm. um, Asian American horror film. And then the added addendum on the end of that, which was rough. Uh, it was not. It was not rough with the ideas. Oh no no, I was rough. I felt rough. Mm-hmm. Everything about that day was rough. It was rough. <laughs> rough day for sure. But since then, it has been over a week now, a week and a half that I have spent in New York, where it is extremely cold right now, uh, and traveling. And uh, now we're ready with. Oh, also, I'm Olivia. Holy crap. Yeah, I'm Casey. Your podcast hosts have not changed. 
<laughs> we are the same ones as every other episode. If for some reason this is the episode you're starting with, I am so sorry. <laughs> we we get better at this. Don't worry. By episode 132, when we are doing Madison Square Garden, we really got this thing down. Yeah, I mean, I really hope we're there by episode 132 in Madison Square fucking Garden. We are. Episode 132. Get it on. Get get it on, fans. Get it on. I mean, I... Okay, I hope that... Get it on? Is that I the meant term get that you on used? it. <laughs> I didn't catch that till just now, wow. but now I'm concerned. We're we're at the peak of our powers. You just said we're going to get better. We do. I like how you're right. guaranteeing the listeners right now that we do get better, even though we, as where we are right now, have not recorded anymore. So I've been getting into manifestation. Uh, we'll, uh... <laughs> uh, okay, so last week when we recorded the addendum to the previous week's episode, we were also planning on recording two more episodes that night. And then didn't because I did the the slicey hand move on my neck and was like, nope, we're done. Can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> this the thing that I'm about to to talk about, I came up with that same day about 15 minutes before we recorded because I forgot that I was supposed to do it. I had, had a very long day. I got here and then I realized, oh, crap, I haven't come up with anything. So in about 15 minutes, I came up with this concept and then... 15 minutes into recording, realized I can't record anymore. I need to go to sleep. So now I am doing the same thing I I had in mind a week and a half ago with about zero more effort put into it than that. So again, if this is your first episode, I apologize (laughs) for myself. I also have to apologize for myself past and future because I don't think it's going to get much better than this. So unlike you, I'm not manifesting myself to be better. Wow, we are two sides of the same coin. Okay. Are you ready mm-hmm. for me to set the stage? Mm-hmm. Are you ready to listen? Ooh. <gasps> are these sound effects? Are these getting in the mood for horror? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Paint me the scene. Okay. Well, I was about, I was like, it was the day before or two days, no, the day before. The day before I was about to leave to go to New York to visit family and also to do some auditions for grad school. Um, so leading up to this trip to visit my family, which I, I call it my family, it's just my mother and my sister for the most part. My dad was also there, but he doesn't count uh, And the, for the purposes of the story. Uh, if he's listening, God, I hope he's not. But if he is, don't, don't think much about, don't read too much into that. Um, so I was thinking about my mother and my sister a lot. Um, and all the anxiety around seeing family. And I think everyone deals with that to a certain extent, you know, especially at this age when we're in our early 20s and we have to go back home to see family. There's a certain amount of anxiety there. A weird pressure of being around family all the time. It's a different kind of stress than you're used to. And so I've been thinking, of, I'd, I had been thinking about that a lot. Um, and I'd been thinking a lot about family and etc. You know, <laughs> my favorite catchphrases like inherited trauma and stuff like that. And I was also thinking about the different metaphors that horror or the different ways that metaphor words, the different ways that horror serves as metaphors for anxieties. Um, So for instance, uh, werewolf movies from the mid 20th century were generally um, metaphors for adolescence 
for teenagerhood, for puberty, for changes in your body that you don't understand. Vampire movies from that same time were often metaphors for sexuality and the taboo and the anxieties around that. Uh, you, you go later in life and you get into like um, the thing in the 80s and films like that that are metaphors to a certain extent for like the AIDS epidemic and uh, weird body um, horror that's from an unknown cause and seems unstoppable and kills everybody. Like you can see how those kinds of films and, and horror ideas are these metaphors for anxiety, for social anxieties and individual anxieties. And that's why you see a lot of the same tropes appear in horror films over and over because they're reflecting this kind of innate universal human fear. So like fear of the dark, fear of the unknown, fear of others, fear of the self, things like that. So those are all common tropes in horror because those are things that people are often scared of. So the thing that I was thinking about a lot was family relationships, uh, inherited trauma, um, the way that issues from your past or from your family's past can haunt you into the future. And the most common horror trope metaphor for that kind of thing is a haunting. Haunted house is kind of the most common, like, issues from your family's past affect your future metaphor. Like, that's pretty, pretty straightforward. So that's what that was my starting point. I was like, okay, haunted houses. I will start with, I will do a haunted house film this time because I don't think I've done a haunted house film so far. We kind of did a haunted apartment, but not quite. That was more like a psychological thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Psychological say. thriller, I yeah. think, is maybe the... Yeah. Okay. So I started with the idea of the haunted house. And I decided to take something that I'd been thinking a lot about that I think a lot of people think a lot about at this age. So we're in our mid-20s now, which sounds really weird to say. Um, we're at the age where I think we're more acutely aware than ever of our own parents' mortality. We're at that age where people's family members, where people's parents are getting older. Uh, some people have parents who are dying already at this age. Some people are already dealing with that. I think this is the age where we start to come to terms a little bit with our parents' mortality, but also stop seeing them as much as a hero, a model, a superhuman. So I've been thinking a lot about that recently because I've been spending time with my mother and, or I haven't, I hadn't been, but have tried to here and there. Um... And I've been thinking a lot about like, well, what am I going to feel when she's gone? What am I going to feel I should have done now with the knowledge that she will someday be gone, no matter how far in the future that is? Cause my mom's not old. I mean, she's spry. She's fine. But it is a, there is a lot of thought that goes into that and, and some weird feelings of guilt and anxiety around, am I doing what I should be doing now, knowing that my parents won't be around forever? And knowing that my parents are human. They're not perfect. They're not superhuman. They're just people. And as I've started to come to terms with that a little bit more, especially because now it's weird. My mom is shorter than me now. And she was always taller than me. Um, and I'm short. I'm I'm 5'2 on a good day. And she's now shorter than me, which is so weird to me. Because you do, like, women especially shrink as they get older. And it's very prominent in my family. Oh, God, when I am, when I hit old age, I'm going to be like four foot. I'm going to be so <laughs> short. Yeah, it's weird. It is, yeah. So, but that, it, I think being taller than someone forces you to like reassess your, your relationship with them, especially if you used to be shorter than them. It is, it is weird. So these are all of the things I was thinking about going into that 15 minute panic of needing to write something. So that was one side of things. The other side of things that I was, I've been scared about and had been scared about for a while, and you know this, mm -hmm. is that I'm ready. 
every time, uh, every month, I have that one day of panic of like, what if I'm pregnant? (laughs) What if? And I think every woman has that for the most part, unless your period's early. Um, But there is like, like a half second where you're like, what if it doesn't come on time? What if I'm pregnant? I was not pregnant just so you know it's always been fine uh, but those are the two the two anxieties that I had that day aside from just normal work stress but um what if the because everyone's afraid of becoming their parents to a certain extent because every everyone becomes their parents and nobody wants to become their parents because everyone's experienced some you know trauma or, or issue at the hands of their parents and that's not a bad thing it's definitely not a bad thing it makes you it makes you who you are but there are I think universally little resentments that everyone feels for their parents in some way or another. And when when it happens to you, you think, well, I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do it different when I'm in that position. But you, you can't know if you will. You can't know. And so I was thinking more about the fear of bringing a child into your family specifically. The fear of passing on the things that you don't want yourself to become, but you can't necessarily help. Mm-hmm. If you can't control your own self turning into the thing you don't want to become, how can you control whether or not your child does? If it's hereditary, where there is a movie about this, but not really, and I'll get into that later. Yeah. If it's hereditary, then you are passing this on to your children and they don't get a choice in it. Just like you didn't get a choice to come into this world and, and deal with the things that may have been passed on to you. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of anxiety there, at least for me. And I think for a lot of people who come from families with histories of any kind of mental illness, um, whether it's schizophrenia, people I know who have that in their families have constant anxiety about whether not only will they develop it, but will will their children develop it, uh, bipolar disorder, um, borderline personality disorder, any kind of illness. I mean, I'm lucky enough that the main mental illnesses that run in my family are just depression, anxiety, and Alzheimer's, but those are still things that affect everyone and things that I wouldn't want my children to experience. And yet the only way I can prevent them from experiencing it is probably just not to have them. Yeah. Okay. So like I I mentioned to you earlier, I definitely have a first act of what I want to see exposition wise. It's once the haunting starts that I get, I kind of fall off the rails. I don't really know what I want to do. And that's where I'm going to need your help. Gotcha. It's how to make this scary. Yeah, we can do that. Um, okay. So, Ready? Modern I'm day. Ready. Okay. So- sorry, oh. I'm I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so it's modern day, and that's just it doesn't need to be explicitly said for any reason. It's just I want you to know where we where we're at. It opens very quietly on a bathroom because for some reason that's where almost all of my films place take place in the beginning is in a bathroom. I just think people are really vulnerable in bathrooms. Suspiciously true. Right? Bathroom quiet. Long take, no music, no sound, except for like the natural room tone. Um, our protagonist, who, we should really start naming our protagonists. I have for my you upcoming did? one. You did? Okay, mm-hmm. well, I'll name this one. You're terrible with names. I really am. I hate naming characters. You name this one. Girl name. Girl, girl name? Um, I, I, think, I think Liz or Elizabeth is always a great name. Let's go with Elizabeth. Liz. Yeah. She's sitting on the toilet. And she's waiting. She's in like a black dress or something. She's waiting and she's waiting and she's waiting and she's waiting. And then finally she looks down and there's the re- reveal. She's holding a pregnancy test and it's positive. So it's like, okay, that's the first scene. You're like, oh shit, she's pregnant. 
she like doesn't react she gets up she throws it out flushes the toilet washes her hands completely stony faced nothing next scene she's outside with a bunch of other people wearing black in a graveyard at her mother's funeral so same day of her mother's funeral she finds out she's pregnant which already we're setting up those two things i already talked about in tandem two scenes there we go so funeral scene happens there's probably a priest or whatever doing a service and they're throwing dirt in and all that next couple of scenes you see her and her partner she has a boyfriend husband partner i'm gonna say partner because i don't think they're married who i'm still burping and it's not even fucking sparkling wine sorry sorry and will you remind me of how old she is mid-20s gotcha mid to late 20s cool 27 so she and her partner going with their day-to-day lives in their tiny apartment um maybe it's the day after maybe it's the same day they're in the kitchen they're making things they're talking about various things they have to do and avoiding the big elephant in the room that her mother has just died she tells them that she's pregnant and at first it's like that abject terror of the moment of oh god we're not ready for this how do we do this and over time as they talk about it, they realize they're actually really excited about it because they're very in love. And this is something they've talked about and they've been together for a long time and this is what they want. But it's also clear that they are not in a space right now to have a child. I mean, their their apartment is tiny. Like, they literally can't. Um, it's all of those millennial concerns when it comes to having a, ch- a child. It's like, how do we do this? But we're going to do it. We're going to figure it out. There will be a scene where they're at a lawyer's office, an executor of the estate or whatever, and he's going through the mother's will and the mother left this daughter basically everything. Um, And there's probably a sibling, uh, a brother or something, who didn't get everything or maybe didn't get anything um, because the brother and the mother had a really estranged relationship or something. Um, And he'll play parts later in showing and, you know, having known the daughter and the mother it'll be important probably so they decide that they're going to take everything including the house that she left them and there's on the one hand it's like okay we could live in this house fix it up raise our family in it we could sell the house and have the money to get a place that we really want those are the options and they agree that they're going to go in they're going to clear it out they're going to fix it up they're going to sell off the furniture they're going to sell the house maybe they're going to make some money um and they're going to figure this figure out their life together and this is their first step but it's also been established that the mother is kind of a hoarder like it's been mentioned here there so they by the end of the first act they're going into the house um which is probably creepy probably old probably in the middle of nowhere because it's a haunted house story um i don't want it to be too cliched but it's got to be a little bit definitely does because a haunted house will never be a bad cliche Mm -mm. it's it's so wonderful because it's that metaphor for something everyone is afraid of, is the haunted family life, the hauntings of your, you know, ancestors. Yep. That's what the, the haunted house represents. So they go to the haunted house. It's, I mean, they don't know it's haunted, but they go to the house. It's kind of falling apart. It's definitely filled with just junk and trash and everything's a mess. And they start to work on it and they're living there while they do it, which is classic, kind of like haunting of Hill House. It's quite a big undertaking. But naturally, the house is almost certainly haunted. And naturally, at the same time, the mother almost certainly had a mental illness. So that's where the first, where I want the first act to kind of end is with them moving into the house and then creepy things start happening. But I don't know what the haunting is. Um, And I've written some outlines of like things I think happen during this, um, but are Mm -hmm. all up for debate because basically the only things that I consider 
fairly non-negotiable about it is the first act. I really like the start and where it starts out and what it establishes. From there on, I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah, are we to the non-negotiables um, at this point? That was kind of it. <laughs> okay. Kind of everything I just said about the first act. And mostly it's that she has to be pregnant. There has to be a brother or sibling. There, The mother is dead. And it's a haunted house. And there's a partner. Cool. That's kind of it. As gotcha. modern day. Yeah, and really quickly, since this is the first time we've done this. Oh, yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, non-negotiable is just something story-wise that either one of us or if somebody else comes in that they're pitching an idea, it's the things that they're not willing to get rid of. And those can be for any number of reasons, whether that's important or central to the plot or that's something that they specifically want to explore. But it's the things that we won't touch when we're giving notes to Mm -hmm. we might expand or elaborate on but we're not going to change because it's central to the conceit exactly um that was a very concise explanation thank you thank you so these are the things that i've outlined as like possibilities which is why almost every single bullet point ends in a uh, question mark because i I don't know so (laughs) i I love those little those little details when you're making your notes (laughs) i do them too and it's like they're just those things that I swear help in the writing process. Yeah. It gives an idea of what this thing is going to be. Yeah, exactly. So an idea that I had surrounding this is in the past, sometime before this film started, the mother had some maybe mental break or started to exhibit some some mental illness signs that um, caused some tension between her and her children. And the son or the brother in the situation probably should give him a name charles elizabeth and charles charles Whatever. charles charlie wouldn't put up with it cut ties entirely with the mother the daughter elizabeth tried but was not very successful probably mm-hmm. um and she definitely had some kind of mental illness but it's not i don't think it needs to be specified or maybe it does i don't know so as the story progressive progresses Elizabeth finds herself exhibiting more and more traits of her mother and her mother's mental illness as they're living in this house. And so the question is, you know, this traditional metaphor is, is it ghosts? Is it the house making her crazy? Is it something else trying to make her feel insane? Or is it hereditary? Is it something she inherited from her mother? Is this something that um, is completely scientifically explained, but still very real? Um, As she starts going through her mother's stuff, she finds... Uh, create maybe evidence that her of her mother's mental illness that she maybe went crazy or whatever. Um, maybe they were seriously in debt and there wasn't they weren't okay on money. Um, and there's more more anxiety about it and the haunting gets worse. Maybe um there's some evidence of some trauma that the mother experienced that she never talked about and because of that there's a possibility that the mother was dealing with extreme PTSD and stuff like that and. You know, those those are all possible ideas. Um, meanwhile, she's also pregnant, um, and she starts to become uh, positive that the, uh, having a child is just the wrong idea. That, mm-hmm. and she's afraid of both the the external and the internal. Like, it's the fear of is it the house trying to hurt? The, is the house going to try to hurt the child? Is the haunting going to try to hurt the child? Or is it myself? Am I the one who's going to hurt my child? Am I like going to be my mother? Am I going to turn into that? Yeah. Um, she's afraid that whatever happened to her mother or haunted her mother is doomed to be passed down to the child that she currently has. Maybe she wants to end the pregnancy, but she's too far along at this point and can't. Maybe she uh, gets uh, suicidal. I don't know. Maybe she wants to hurt herself with the child so, so it doesn't, so she can spare it. Like it's this um, 
you know, family annihilator point of view, this idea that you're doing your child a service by ending its life, which is, you know, never the answer. But we we are simply not recommending infanticide. No, we're really not. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. Jump scare is not a supporter of infanticide. <laughs> nope. And so then my last note in my notes app is, I don't know. I have no ending here. It just feels like endless rising tension. Uh, so that's where I'm at. So I would love to hear what you think. Yeah. <laughs> and I understand. I understand that fear because I can kind of get it within what you're what you're saying is the problem of unchecked anxiety is that it's only mounting pressure. Yeah. It's only building and yeah. building and building. There's no actual... The great thing about theater or film is that it gives you catharsis. Yeah. It gets you a moment of explosion that leaves you feeling satisfied, vulnerable, yeah. understood. Yeah. And the problem with anxiety is that it doesn't give you that. No. And I think one of the things that will benefit this is a character arc. Okay. Where What is the transformation that Elizabeth has to go through? Because I think that if we can latch on to what her journey is with her mother, mm -hmm. then we can then we know where this film ends mm -hmm. and we can start to play around with the tension and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chew break. <laughs> Another chew break. I'm sorry. I took a snack. <laughs> They're a part of this. You have to accept us for who we are. We'll give a good ultimatum, you have to. Mm. So what I really needed your help on with this is I think the third party perspective because I'm right I wrote that note while in the middle of my anxiety while like living yeah. in it and so for me having created this entire metaphorical scenario to illustrate the anxiety I was feeling I couldn't see an end to it I couldn't figure out where to go with it mm -hmm. um because that's where I was living and so I needed someone and I need still someone outside of it to help me find a, a catharsis a telos yeah, well, let's let's go through what some of the possibilities yeah. are. One of them is finding solace, is finding a way forward by forgiving or understanding her mother. Mm -hmm. And so part of that could be that through this experience, she's starting to understand who her mother was and the trauma in her mother's life and the problems and the, the pain of... Um, on her mother's side of going through Alzheimer's or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And so it's finding a resolve in understanding who her mom is mm -hmm. and finding a love to then be able to share with her child. So that's kind of like the ending of, what am I thinking of? There's definitely some films that do that where it's it's kind of like the the trope where there's a mystery to this haunting to be solved and once you solve it then it'll be resolved absolutely um and that's kind of the metaphorical version of of that of under coming to an understanding mm -hmm. once you solve the mystery and understand what has happened and taken place then you'll be able to solve it and move on from there exactly okay that is exactly what it is yeah so that's an option mm -hmm. another option is her being unable to cope and mm -hmm. it leaves with her either either killing the child although i think probably there's not an ending of there could be that might but, be an ending that's a dramatic one but that's a possibility sure yeah. okay we'll throw it out there since we're throwing out ideas yeah, yeah. uh there's an ending where she kills her child and she sort of collapses into the weight of lineage and family and she takes on the mantle of 
being the ghost inside the house. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, I don't know if it's like the ending of Annabelle Origins. At the end of Annabelle Origins, I think the mother kills herself, but I don't know if she kills the child. Or no, maybe she doesn't. Maybe the mother doesn't kill herself. Maybe it's the friend. Somebody kills themselves because the the demon needs like a sacrifice, basically. Okay. Well, th- so that made me think of another option, which is that she gives the child up for adoption or something mm-hmm. to rid the child of the lineage and trauma and but parental trauma. But is there trauma. a way to do that? I mean, this is like a, a big high level question. Is there a way to spare your child from its uh, hereditary, like its genetics, its its mental illness, it's passed down, even by adoption? No, I don't think so. No, either. there's not. So that would be a fool's errand. Yeah. I mean, we, it could be an ending, but there would still be that. Like, it yeah. would be its uh, its own misconstru- misconstrual of the metaphor itself right and what the problem yeah, really is yeah the problem is. actually is hereditary yeah um let's see are there what are what are some other options um there's there's all of them living hunky dory in the house and just completely embracing they're all fucked <laughs> well there's also um the entire family self imploding like no one survives like everyone is consumed by this trauma by this haunting by this pain that's an option that happens a lot in films um where there's no happy ending well and it's that one feels pretty resonant of right now yeah and the like i called out the baby boomers earlier and y'all can fight me i'm just no no i don't think they will they they won't but i also have you know i we talked about this before i have a ton of grandparents and i i love them all and they're all baby boomers. And that's sort of the way it is. And also, baby boomers are responsible for so much shit right now. Yeah. Their inaction was really, really screwed us over a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And so there is a lot of that anger and there's a lot of that resentment of things beyond our control yeah. are going to tear us down. Yeah, yeah. And that's that could ring really true within this, but I also, you know, hate to end on something so downer. Um, So it could be, that could be the way that it is heading and then maybe they make the decision to take things into their own hands and leave that life behind. But it could be um, a misdirecting ending where it feels hopeful, but you're also, they also didn't address the actual issues, which of course always leaves it open to a sequel. Mm Mm-hmm. No, it's great. It's great sequel bait, but it's also honest. Very true. Yeah, if they if the ending is that they finally realize this house, this haunting, is going to eat them alive, and there's no way to solve it, um, and so they decide just to leave it, which is the way a lot of horror movies can end mm-hmm. and do end with them just leaving it behind. Then, yeah, that would be unending. But of course, in the final tag at the end it would be back in the house and there's still shit going on and a door slams and you know the haunting is still there and at some point it's going to come back to to bite them even though they think that they've gotten away from it so that's an option i like that one i think that's honest Mm -hmm. i think it's the one that most accurately represents what most people try to do these days well and if one of the things that we want to do with this podcast is both it's an outlet for us to explore 
film concepts mm-hmm. and ideas that we've been ruminating on, maybe sometimes throw out ones that we know can't be made. Yeah. But this one could be made. Yeah. And so maybe it is also smart to take in one where it leaves the audience with a rewatch mm-hmm. or with wanting a sequel, mm-hmm. which this ending does yeah. would allow for. Whereas if yeah. it's a full bummer ending, I was just like, oh, no one wants to watch that after a baby's been killed. God. No. (laughs) Really, once you kill the baby, it's not a rewatch. Even Rosemary's baby didn't kill the baby. Like, (laughs) and that baby was the son of Satan. Yeah. You really. They let that baby live. (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah, I think that's actually a good idea. And it does feel commercial, but at the same time, it feels true. Yes. To the situation, because. Just leaving behind your past and not dealing with it doesn't make it go away. And they could try to deal with it. Like, you know how you, like, go to therapy for a while and you think you've dealt with your issues and then they come back to bite you because they they don't go away overnight? No, never stop. No, don't, don't. I mean, I've stopped. I need to go back. <laughs> but, like, they do come back. Even when you think you've dealt with shit, you haven't because it doesn't ever fully go away. You learn to cope with it and you learn the tools to to, to manage it. But it never fully leaves. And so I like the idea that they think that they've solved it and addressed it at some point in the um, middle, late, nah, like, like, like the like the climax, third act. Yeah. They think that they've solved it, but then it comes back and maybe even worse. And then they decide, well, we're just going to leave. We're not coming back here. We're out. We're taking our child and we're going to make a new life for ourselves and leave, leave this shit behind us. But the haunting's still there. I like it. And I like... I think it takes the audience on a great journey, which Mm is, oh, they're finding a solution. Oh, no, the solution is that they they need to get out. They need to separate their ties. And for a moment, I think the audience can go on that journey of like, oh, this is really good. They're 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 leaving their trauma behind, which is something that I think is so stuck into our society Mm -hmm. is you have to be able to leave it behind. You have to say you're okay. Yeah. The positive affirmation will get you through. It doesn't. And it doesn't because I uh, I was I was watching something recently that was talking about positive affirmations mm-hmm. and that they're not helpful because your mind is smart enough to know they're not true. Yeah. That you're lying to yourself. So the better thing is to find a neutral ground or mm-hmm. find something that mm-hmm. you do find true. Mm-hmm. And so like for me, one of mine is like, I'm always in the pursuit. Mm-hmm. It's not my life is great. It's I'm in the pursuit. Yeah. I'm working towards something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's i think that that's a when when all of a sudden them saying it's all great or them running away from it doesn't work out yeah that's just a good end and it doesn't need to be this over like oh it didn't work and they were running away. I mean, like it's all obviously a metaphor so they leave the house and maybe they get in their car and they drive away and they say like we're getting out of here it's gonna be better now we're never come back to this place we're gonna leave it behind us and they leave and then Maybe the tag scene isn't in the house with the door slamming. It's them in their new place with their child and they th- everything is hunky-dory and then something happens, door slams in the nursery, there's a crackling noise over the baby monitor, something that shows that whatever it is has followed them. Oh, man, hearing, like, the mother's voice or something yeah. coming across the baby monitor or something like that. Like a humming, like if she was humming in uh, the house, like if they kept hearing her humming in the house. It's it's such a great opportunity to have a song that she sings, that yeah. she sang to her daughter yeah. and is now singing to this child. Because there could be a great moment in 
the second act when they're in the house they're going through the mom's old shit and maybe they find like an old collection of records and they put one on and i think we use the record in a different a different film idea records are records records are great records are great they're never going away whatever no (laughs) it's not a cd fine they find some music (laughs) box or something and the daughter plays it and it's like oh my mom used to sing this to me all the time and it's some classic old song Mm -hmm. and then oh it's dream a little dream of me you love that i i will never not use that song if i can it's a great song it's a good song it is um i was thinking frank sinatra of some sort but okay that works too oh i mean frank frankie's good too i it's I did it my way (laughs) i'm just kidding that is not what it is no um but and then later in the second act, they're going to be, you know, asleep and they're going to hear someone humming it, like that kind of a thing. Um, and then at the end, maybe they're in a new place, but it comes over the baby monitor and you realize that just because they think they've escaped this thing and run away from it doesn't mean it's gone because they haven't dealt with it. They haven't come to terms with it um, and figured it out. They need to go to therapy. But uh, so, yes, I think we have a really great arc yep. there. I think we got the arc there now. And we started to talk about it just now. What's scary? Oh, man. There's so many options. Yeah, this is so fun because there are. There are, like, I think I think it's a good call to see the mother. Mm. Uh, I think to see her, to hear her, for her to be a part of this. Okay. Because that, that's, the, that's the immediate connection that you establish at the very beginning. And then you have the three the three generations Mm -hmm. which i think is always sweet like that's always a nice little thing you have the grandmother the mother and the soon-to-be child yeah yeah and so i think you can you can automatically get some scares there yeah i mean haunted houses are pretty easy to do scares um because creepy things happen all the time and you know slamming doors and and music playing and stuff like that i'd love to find a way find some unique scares within that within it i like the idea that the mother didn't die there necessarily maybe she died in the hospital or something so there isn't that cliche of like well this is the room where mother died like, yeah I don't think no because it, it doesn't it's not about the it's not about the, the death, death. It's, it's not it's about who her mother was exactly and so i know i i don't think the death i think her seeing oh and there can be some great mirroring moments mm. where her mother and her are almost doing the same thing mm, mm-hmm. at different times or yeah. something uh, what do you think about this film N- not necessarily jumping in time but maybe referencing other times for her mother interesting thing i'd like to see a way for that to work i can't envision it right now but i'd love to to do it in a way that isn't intercut timelines no it's happening it's, at the same yeah, time yeah something interesting like that like Maybe there's a a scene where they see her mother as a ghost doing something and the the daughter sees it or someone sees it. And then later we see that same scene or, or situation happening, but the daughter's doing it this time. Yeah. And you see that repetition of it and you see her becoming her mother to a certain extent, which is why I wanted to have the brother character there, because that gives you a third party who's able to come in and see the daughter, the, the main character, Elizabeth later in the film and say oh well you're just like mom now like look at you like you always said you wouldn't be like her and you're exactly like her like someone who knew both of them in order to shed a little light on that absolutely yeah no i think that i think that character will be will be important and i think you can have repetition of dialogue Mm -hmm. you can have all of these different things and the more that elizabeth fights against becoming her mother the more those actions start to take hold Mm -hmm. and stuff um and she can there can be a, a 
a whole bit where it's like, there's something in the house. It's not me. Like, um, that, that struggle of it's not who I am or who I am biologically. It's an outside force, but it's, is it, is it? And of course, for the sake of the film, it has to feel like it is an outside force. Mm -hmm. Um, but that question will always be there. What is a unique way to do something scary that isn't just cerebral? Like, what is the jump scare? Because jump scares are cheap, but they can be good, too. I mean, it doesn't have to be, like, bam, jump scare, but it does... Well, ye- what I think what I think is there is that that tension is yeah. those... And that's where the catharsis comes from. Cre- something creeping towards you. Yeah. And yeah. those really holding in those small scenes and yeah. stuff of a person vulnerable and this entity moving towards them yeah. and prolonging on those. Yeah, yeah. And there can be, like, we talked about the music thing, the humming, I think would be terrifying, the singing. It's very scary. Um, Absolutely. There can be a moment where she's checking on the child and she's like, she's go or mm. no, the child's not there. So, yeah. uh, well, she could be hearing the crying of yeah. a baby. I don't know. Um. Oh yeah, because you could be hearing herself cry or yeah, something. Like I don't know if that's or yeah, if that's something you're interested in. I don't know. Um, that could be interesting. But she could go like she go check on a noise, and then, um, and it can be following her, and then in the background you can hear the humming, mm-hmm. and the mother is revealed mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be a a running theme throughout it that feels like the house is trying to kill the child, and that like. Maybe the like when like the mother is pregnant, she gets out of the shower and there's soap or something on the ground, like things like that that are like the whole time she falls on the stairs or whatever. And the whole time you think it's the house trying to kill the child and you realize at the end it's actually been herself the whole time. I like that. Um, And so there's a twist there in that she's been the one setting traps for herself, almost the self-sabotage. Um, And it was subconscious maybe this whole time or unconscious or it was the house possessing her to do those things. But it it is the self-sabotage of preventing preventing herself from bringing a child into this this world. Oh, man. And putting putting a mother's stomach in a vulnerable situation is going to elicit fear from anybody. Like just the idea of it is awful. Horrible. One other thing is if we are dealing with Alzheimer's, which... I, I'm a, I'm all for because it's just so sad yeah. and like my grandmother's dealing with it and it's, it's just it's tough yeah. it's it's awful and one of the things is that question of like how did I get somewhere mm. and one thing that could be done is that the house never like very early on mm-hmm. the film could almost similar to like what conjuring does very frequently with their establishing mm-hmm. one takes where it like follows them through the house mm-hmm. and they establish mm-hmm. the whole house you can do that but then as it continues she can enter into rooms that are the wrong room yeah. and stuff and so all of a sudden it starts to break the audience's understanding of, of the home. location yeah. and starts to uh, starts to crumble away their own sense of yeah. reality. Oh, that, that, that works really well together in tandem, though, because it could be that she things start changing around her. Things are not in the place where she left them. Rooms are rearranging. Yeah. She finds herself in places she shouldn't be in. It's really scary because it feels like everything is happening around her. But then by the end, it could... I don't necessarily want to do like a replay of what's happened so far, but you could realize that what you think has been things happening around her hauntings changing happening around her has actually been her losing time where Mm -hmm. she's 
yeah, as we discussed ex- before, doing it to herself. Exactly, yeah. So where she thinks the ghost has put, uh, the haunted house or whatever, has put the soap on the ground for her to slip on, she actually left it there. She's the one that put it there and got in the shower and then got out and fell and was like, oh, this is, it was herself the whole time. That mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, and so it starts a little bit in the beginning and gets worse and worse and worse as it goes on. Um, she blames the house. It's actually herself in getting out of the house. Maybe it goes away. It gets better. And of course it has to be accompanied by the idea that it's her mother's ghost making it like this, that possessing her, giving her these symptoms, et cetera, et cetera. When really maybe it is just herself so that when she, when they get out of the situation, when the baby's born, when they move into a new place where things are better, when you hear the mother's voice come over the baby monitor or whatever, you realize it's followed them here the same way that mental illness follows you wherever you go. Yeah, absolutely. That's really strong. That's really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how do we wrap this one up? So what happens? So uh, really quickly, I want to clarify. Yes. Does she have a significant other that's there with her? Yeah, she has a partner. Yeah. She does. She does. She's not alone. So we kind of need we to figure out what yeah. his function is. Right. That's a good idea. And I don't I don't love the idea of him being, you know, villainizing her and saying, well, you're just crazy or whatever. I don't like that. I love the supportive partner character. Yeah. But he also has to be the only non-related part of this family. The only one who doesn't deal with the the bloodline. Yeah, I mean, well, so he could be, he could start to be getting concerned mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be you're crazy. If you think that your loved one is possibly going crazy or yeah. dealing with the trauma of a lost mother or suffering from early onset dementia or something like that or some form of that type of thing instead you're probably going to get concerned yeah and so you're going to try to rationalize with them and be empathetic and be a caretaker and so if all of a sudden she slips on a bar of soap and she says i didn't put like that 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 was moved there or something you're probably going to try to like yeah reason through that with the yeah, person yeah i mean i like the idea that in the beginning he believes her in mm-hmm. the beginning he thinks that it's it is haunted it's a haunted house i like the idea that he's not one of those ghosts don't exist kind of people he's like fuck yeah ghosts exist yeah and if any place is going to be haunted it's this place like yeah it is yeah um, we need to get get through this we need to sell it we need to get out yeah yeah and and maybe he's even like into the idea at first he's like if i want to live in a haunted house and this is like the perfect haunted house this is the quintessential haunted house and she's like this is my mother's haunting this and he's like oh right right it's mom right mother <laughs> right this is a bad call right. oh i like that i like that little bit of comedy yeah too. it's a little bit of a, a comedy thing so that later when it, he probably is the one who starts to realize that it isn't a haunting through whatever. Maybe he puts the pieces together and helps her see that it wasn't a haunting. Maybe he puts cameras up in the house. He's like, we're going to paranormal activity this shit and then sees that it's her the whole time. Like maybe he's the one that reveals to her the truth and she can still claim like it's the house doing this to me and he can still believe her. He could be like, you're doing this, but you don't even know you're doing it. We need to get out of this place. that's making you do these horrible things or whatever. And that's why they choose to leave or whatever. Like, I love the idea of him trusting her, though. Yeah. Oh, man. There could be... I, I don't know if 
this is the direction. There could be towards the climax a moment where he goes and rewatches the tapes. Yeah. And he does see her doing all of the actions. Yeah, definitely. And she shows up behind him with <gasps> a knife or something. <gasps> so creepy. And oh, then I love that. She, she moves in and she does like stab him. And it's not a death stab. Right. But it's like he's stabbed and then he's, he's like screamed to her. He's like, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, yeah. this isn't... The, yeah, this yeah. isn't you. Come on. Yeah. This you're doing this though. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish it was ghosts, but it's not ghosts. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get this great moment of her having to fight her own demons. Yeah, and literally. you can have her both in there and also some external like within the house, yeah. her trying to maybe find her way to where she is. Oh yeah. Like she has gotten so lost within this house and within her own fears that she's literally trying to fight through this maze of her yeah. own mind and her own yeah. trauma to get back to save her family. Mm, that's a good one. That's and good. yeah, and so she breaks through. Like it, it is that climactic moment of her rushing there and her husband, or not her, her significant other Anyone. though, lying on the floor about to die, and she overtakes. And she yeah. takes control of herself. Yeah. And then they run. Yeah, they get out of there. And it could be that when she is maybe fighting her way mentally, emotionally through this house, of this maze house, when she sees what's happening to her husband, she sees her mother doing it. She sees someone else doing it. And so there is still that question of whether or not she's being possessed by the ghost of her mother or whether she is becoming her mother. I love that. I love that it's never. What Should it be her or should it not be her that's standing behind him then? If it's her mom, and but then he's yelling to her and he's like, Elizabeth, it's you. It's yeah, you. it's not. It doesn't look like her, but it is. And so when she comes back and overtakes her mother's ghost and, and rids herself of that, rids herself, quote unquote, um, and then comes to, she's the one that she's in the mother's place. Oh, and that's so scary because she can be she can be hearing that scene going on. She can be yelling like, like, bang, you've got to get away from my mom. You've got to get away. You've got to get away. And him yelling back. It's not your mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's you. You like something like that where you need to you. You've got to you've you've got to let this go. You've got to understand. Yeah. You need to look at yourself. Yeah. And like. Yeah, I love the, like, look at yourself thing because forces someone not only to physically look at yourself and realize it's yourself, but also look inward and and be introspective. Yeah. Which obviously holds a lot of meaning to me. There can be a, oh, there can be just a fun moment where she runs past a mirror and yeah. it's her mom in, in the mirror. Yeah. Whether she even sees it or not, it could be just a quick, like, Or the mom runs past a mirror and it's her. Like, yeah. Like, that kind of a thing mm-hmm. where... It's a parallelism the entire time, and you don't know who's who and who's if you're if she's possessed or not. I I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I think that's such a fun end. Yeah. It's creepy. It is. It is. Uh, all I, right. I've I've that I'm happy with that. I mean, I'm happy to sit on that for a while and come back to it at a later date. Yeah, and I think I think it ends with her her realizing what happened and then running out of the house, then yeah. getting into the car or whatever and driving away. Yeah. Only to realize it's not over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there could be, like, a beautiful moment where they get out of the house and she's traumatized and horribly upset and I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I don't know, like, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And he says, I know it wasn't you, that, like, you would never hurt me, whatever. And then, uh, and maybe her water breaks, something really, really cliched or something. And 
he's like, we're going to the hospital. We're going right now. And she's like, I can't come back here. We can't come back here. He's like, we don't ever have to. We're never going to come back to this or something. And they leave. And then, of course, it cuts forward. And it's like six months later or one year later, whatever. And it's a new apartment. And it looks bright and airy and great. And she puts the baby down to sleep and goes to the other room. And the husband is making coffee somewhere. Maybe they're making plans to finally get married because they haven't been up to this point. And then you go into the, the camera follows into the baby's nursery and the baby's sleeping alone and the baby monitor starts crack, crackling and you hear the same humming that you heard whenever the mother's ghost was around in the house and you realize that she's still there. The haunting is still there. The trauma is still there. The mental illness is still there because it doesn't go away. It never goes away. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I, that's it. Yeah. I'm very happy with that. I don't know what to call it. I'll call it something stupid that sounds exactly like a parody of Hereditary. I'll call it like Lineage or something. <laughs> Everyone will be pissed at me. Oh, I'll get sued. That'd be so... No, oh, man. Okay, let's call it. Okay, I think that's a wrap. Yeah, that's a wrap. I'd... Wait, should that be it? Is That's a wrap, everybody. Clap, 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 clap. clap. That's clap. what you do on set, right? That's what you do on set. This, I don't know if this is on set. But it's a wrap for now. Yeah, uh, this has been... Jump scare the podcast. Oh, I mean Olivia. Is that what you were asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's been Olivia. And I, I'm Casey, and we are in Soundbox Studio City. Oh, yeah. Shout out Soundbox Studio City for letting us use your space. Yep. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. How do you subscribe, Casey? You go to the show, and you click the button that says subscribe. It's that easy. Yeah. Also, make sure you follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at JumpScareThePod because it was too long. And you can go to Instagram and JumpScareThePodcast because it wasn't long enough. What? <laughs> hey, Casey. Yeah? Boo. Ah! <laughs>